A school teacher from Portland, Indiana was found in her garage after she lost her life. Police initially claimed that she took her own life, but now they're not so sure. She was found with a sewing machine belt around her neck that had apparently been jammed inside of her car door. But what at first seemed like an open and shut case to investigators quickly became one of the most unexplainable cases of their careers when they realized that the entire crime scene had been staged. You can do your part to help spread awareness for this case by clicking the share button beneath this video. You can even leave a simple comment below so that YouTube can give the case a bit more exposure on their end as well. And while you're down there, feel free to hit that like button and subscribe so you won't miss any of the other cases I'll be covering in the coming weeks. This story is going to be a bit unique because we don't have all the backstory like we do with many of the other unsolved cold cases. Because of this, we're just gonna have to fill in some of these gaps with information that's available and just go from there. At the time of the crime, Garnett Jen was just 33 years old and lived in Portland, Indiana. She had been teaching at the Mount Summit School District for a number of years. This is particularly interesting because not only did she teach there, but every member of her immediate family did as well. Her father was the school principal and her mother, brother and sister all worked at the school as teachers. It seems as though they were all very involved in the school's activities as well because on the night that Garnet lost her life, she'd been attending a sorority party that seemed to have been taking place on the school's campus. According to her family, friends and coworkers, Garnet didn't have any known enemies. Back in 1950, the population of Portland, Indiana was around 7,000 people. So it was certainly a town where everyone knew everyone, at least for the most part. Garnet was respected by just about everyone that she knew. She wasn't married and wasn't dating anyone at the time either. However, on February 27, 1950, the unthinkable happened when Garnet returned home from the aforementioned party. Garnet lived in an average suburban neighborhood. As she drove down her street and pulled into her driveway, her neighbors didn't think much of it. However, no sooner than she pulled into her garage, her neighbors heard a scream echo through her home. Several neighbors reportedly looked outside to see what was going on, but they never heard anything else, so they didn't bother to investigate any further. They noticed that someone was moving around in front of Garnet's car, as they could see a shadow in the headlights. However, they assumed that this must have been Garnet, so their worries pretty much ended there. After all, it was entirely likely that she could have pulled into her garage, saw a rat or a bug or something and screamed, but in reality, the fear that Garnet had just experienced was far worse than anyone could have imagined. The details surrounding the crime scene haven't ever been fully explained, but investigators say that they arrived at the scene of the crime on February 28th presumably after Garnet failed to show up for work. When they looked inside her garage, they found Garnet lying on the floor and it was very clear to police officers they had just stumbled upon a gruesome crime scene. At least that would have been the case if they'd taken the time to do a proper investigation. From beginning to end, the crime scene was processed in a hurry and police missed several key pieces of evidence while working through this decades-old cold case. It's difficult to describe the exact state of the crime scene without this upload getting blacklisted, so you'll have to bear with me while I try to tiptoe around the details here. According to the Warsaw Times, a newspaper that was put out the day after the investigation was concluded, officers originally claimed that Garnet had taken her own life. 
However, just looking at the original crime scene would have immediately proven this to be false for anyone with any sort of brain capacity. The crime scene was covered in body material that had clearly come from Mrs. Garnet Jett. Obvious signs of a struggle were at the crime scene too. How the original team of CSI workers didn't see this is beyond me. According to the paper, the walls of the garage had been smeared with the same substance. The entire side of the car was more or less painted with it. She'd been found hanging from a sewing machine cable from a car door handle in an unnatural way that would have been pretty much impossible for her to have put herself in. There were also fresh drag marks on her shoes and dirt on the back of her coat and gloves, indicating that she had been dragged to her current position. Yet all of these details were overlooked by investigators when they first arrived at the crime scene. Instead, they claimed that Garnet had done this to herself and no one else was to blame. To make matters worse, the CSI team didn't even bother to call a coroner straight away. Instead, they called a funeral director. By the time the coroner arrived, the crime scene had already been contaminated and Garnet's body was already gone. It would take officers until April of 1950 to begin listening to the cries of her family, resulting in her body being exhumed and the cold case being re-examined. This time, a new set of eyes helped to bring the case a bit more attention, and all the details we mentioned a moment ago were finally called into question. It was at this point that officers began to believe that Garnet was forced from her car, robbed, smacked around several times, then tied up to make it look like she took her own life. When officers took a second look at the crime scene and a second look at Garnet's body, they found that she had seven fractures to her skull. She obviously didn't do this to herself. Officers also looked back at the crime scene photos and noticed that her purse had been emptied onto the front seat of the car and nothing but 10 cents was left behind. Her friends say that they believe she had $40 in her purse earlier that evening, but I'm not entirely sure how they would have known this and that information alone is a bit suspicious to me. But the problem is that I've got a hard time believing that this entire crime scene unfolded over $40. This crime seems to be much more than a simple robbery. The pure force that was shown against Garnet makes the whole thing seem personal, but why would anyone have done this and who could have done this? As far as I can tell, according to the sources that I've found, police have never had a suspect in this investigation at all. While they were able to pinpoint some of the finer details of this unsolved cold case and shed new light on the investigation after looking over the crime scene once again, they still didn't manage to find the first person worth questioning. And you can't really blame them. As far as I can tell, the person left zero evidence behind at the crime scene. DNA technology was essentially non-existent at this point in history, so that was nothing but a dead end as well. Because of this, the cold case of Garnet Jen has remained unsolved for decades. So with all that said, obviously this case is a pretty weird one, but I've also got one other thing that I don't fully understand about this case. Just based on how badly this woman was, you know, smacked around in her own garage, it seems like someone should have heard something other than just the one scream that neighbors mentioned hearing. I mean, after all, this was a completely messy and horrendous crime scene that unfolded inside this woman's garage in a suburb nonetheless. So neighbors were scattered all around her house. 
So how is it that no one saw or heard anything other than a single scream? Also, it seems like no one saw anyone enter her house or exit her house. There had to have been a car for this person to have got there somewhere nearby, so where was this person's vehicle? It seems to me that the police here had to have missed something. They had to have missed interviewing a person who could have had, you know, key information in the case or something. This just doesn't make sense how no one saw anything, no one saw anyone. It just doesn't add up. Also, if this woman had no known enemies and none of her friends mentioned that she was dating anybody, who could have been responsible for this? Because it obviously, it couldn't have been a robbery for just $40. Again, this was a pretty gruesome case and a gruesome crime scene. You can look up more of the details for yourself, but this was not someone who took this woman's life strictly to take money out of her purse. One thing that I find particularly interesting is that typically in situations like this, where an actual crime scene unfolded, police hold on to some of the evidence. For instance, they should have likely held on to her purse, but it doesn't seem like they did. If they would have dusted her car for fingerprints as well, surely they would have found something. It's also possible they could have found fingerprints on the belt of the sewing machine, but that I can understand because sometimes those belts have a texture to them, so that makes sense that there may not have been anything left behind on that. But if the police had done their job from the very beginning and actually investigated this crime scene fully and not just assumed that Garnet took her own life, we would likely have answers today and her family could have put this to rest many years ago. This case has now taken place 72 years ago. Let that sink in, 72 years. It took place in 1950 and police never interviewed a single suspect in 72 years. Her brothers and sisters are all likely still alive and they've never gotten answers to this unsolved cold case. While police are still actively looking into the case as of 2021, no new leads have been found and the case still remains cold. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But my name is Ty Knotts. You guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.